0: Well, good morning, everyone. I hope your your Christmas was really good. Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Advent, uh, happy Advent, blessed Advent, however you want to say it. Take your you know pick of greeting here. We're all here, uh, and we've made it through Christmas. And I'm sure your kids had a great time. I hope you had a great time at Christmas as we look forward to the the new year. Let's pray as we begin. Lord, I pray as we get into this new year that we can can refocus our lives on you. That we can begin to to look at what's going on this past year of 2020 and realize that you're still in control. You're still there. You're still the one that we can look to for our hope and our joy and our peace and, and our love. Because of what you did, you came. And I pray as we get into the word this morning and talk about your coming, that you open our hearts to what you have to teach us today. In your loving name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, did you ever think we would be here at this time? I mean, (laughs) this has kind of been one of those years, hasn't it been? I mean, I tell you, a year like no other that we've ever been through. Some of us are old enough that we've been through stuff. Some of us are young enough that this may be one of those most impactful things that, that, you know, we'll look back to and all we got to do is say, oh, 2020, and we'll know what you're talking about, you know? But I tell you, this is a time that we can, can really rediscover Christ through Christmas and to the new year of good news and troubling time. As you know, we've journeyed together over the past you know, four weeks through Advent. We learned together Advent is a season of expectant waiting as we focus and reflect on, on Christ's coming. His coming to earth, uh, uh, you know, that first Noel, the first Christmas long ago, and his eventual triumphant return to earth that we expectantly, you know, that we're waiting on to complete God's ultimate work of redemption. Each week Advent, we focus on different parts of the, uh, you know, Christmas uh, Christmas story and God's character that, that he's embodied those in, you know, that he brought into our world, that he lived out through Jesus the hope, the joy, the peace, and the love of Christ. This Christmas story is a powerful story filled with wonders and miracles that that in a very real life, it is the story of Jesus coming to this earth and giving the most powerful and wonderful gift of all eternity. Now, we've walked through the various parts of the Christmas story these past three or four weeks, and we've explored the intersection of Jesus in, their, in these people's lives, of real people who played a role in his arrival. And we've seen that, that he brought hope and love and joy and peace into the lives of those very real people in real ways. And he can do the same for us today. It is our time now together. Let us, let us briefly trace our way through the portions of the Christmas story that we've, we've covered. But let me highlight all that it means that Christ has come as we rediscover about Christmas through Christ and into this next year. The first one is we need to find hope in our uncertainties. When uncertainty surrounds us, the promise of Christ can fill us up with this hope to be able to carry on. I look back at, at history and, and see different moments where that hope, you know, pulled people through. Hope is a breath that keeps us alive. Hope is a, a fuel of faith, a, of dreams and possibilities. Hope is that whisper of maybe, just maybe. It's that spark of the cold darkness that catches flame. It's a flicker of the first light in the new morning. In the worst suffering, in the worst atrocities and catastrophes of human history, there's always been a, you know, a, a little remainder of, of a flicker of hope through enslavement, imprisonment, torture, and tragedy. There's always been those that, that held on to the smallest little piece of hope of the spark of hope. And then when they got through it, they fanned that to within, you know, to a point where an eventual survival for them and freedom are released, and they fanned that to other people. They brought that hope to the world. Throughout history, the Jewish people, there was the hope of God's covenant, the promise of restoration of his people and the blessing through the Messiah, but time dragged on, and the nation was plundered, The people were exiled, they were conquered, and the cry began to be, how long, O Lord? How long, O God? That cry just went out year after year, century after century. But there were those that kept hope alive, living expectantly and faithfully, trusting openly and wholeheartedly that God would come through, that God would see them through no matter what they were going through. Simeon and, Emma and Anna were two of these people that, who encountered the baby Jesus that kept that hope alive in their life. They had a, you know, lived long, difficult lives. They had known loss. They had known disappointment. But they were not about to abandon hope. When they saw the, the baby Jesus, just about six weeks old in the temple, they knew without a doubt that this was the Messiah, the promised one, the son of god they're waiting and waiting and we're expecting you know expecting this moment to happen and they embrace the moment of this hope filled with rejoicing and worshiping and spreading the good news the flame of their hope spread beyond and multiplied so my question for you today is how is your flame of hope today are you fanning that flame I mean, this has been a difficult year for for many of us, the kind of year that threatens to extinguish that flame. Let me encourage you, no matter what you're facing, no matter where you are in life, no matter what is happening, to rediscover the hope that this Christmas brought and the coming of the Christ child. And what that means for our future into this next year, into the next five years, 10 years, 15 years, into the rest of our lives. With the arrival of Emmanuel, of God with us, God has come to restore that hope. The hope of salvation, the hope of restoring and healing in our lives, the hope of his continued work that he will one day complete in our bodies and our souls and our world. As we come humbly to worship Jesus, we can find a renewal of hope within us, the strength to take the next hopeful step and the strength that carries us forward. With this verse as our prayer, let's rediscover the hope that Christ has come and he is working in our lives today. In Romans fifteen thirteen, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I love that that concept, that verse of of us just overflowing with that hope into the world. Secondly, we should have peace in the midst of our struggles. Our struggles are real People, it is difficult for some people, but the peace of Christ can transcend whatever is going on within us, even in our darkest days when we have no clue what's happening. Of course, this announcement came in the middle of the night, in the middle of the dark. Of course, the angels began their announcements to the shepherds with the words, don't be afraid, because of course they were afraid. Why? Because they were human. There's so much in this world that causes us to fear. What do you fear? There's so much that happens that that we struggle to, to understand what is happening, what's going on. For the shepherds, that includes why these magnificent, terrifying heavenly beings are showing up in the middle of the night sky. For us, it is normal pressures and disappointments and uncertainties and our frailty in this broken world. And that's true even without the rolling events of this pandemic and what's been happening over this past year. But in Jesus, the Prince of Peace has arrived on this earth. And the angels proclaim that in Luke 2, 10 through 14. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with an angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I love this concept. God's favor rests on us. God's favor is here with us as humans. The peace of shalom, that completeness, that wholeness, that that safety, that uh, it's all available for us. This is the peace of restoration that God brings for your life and my life. It is a peace that settles our soul deeply. It is the calm acceptance of it is well with my soul, as that famous song says. No matter what happens, no matter the storm that swirls around me, There's that peace. In a sense, it's almost like the coming of Jesus. It's like the eye of the hurricane. The storm comes up and and, and everything's just getting battered. We're just getting whipped around and thrown around. And then there's a calmness that comes in the middle of the chaos of our world. Jesus is there. And guess what? That storm's going to continue. But if we stay in the eye of the storm with Christ, then things can be still and calm for us, no matter what's going on outside. It's right there, in that pause of the chaos of this world, that the angels sang to an ordinary group of shepherds gathered around a baby who was God. It is my hope that we'd rediscover peace, the peace of Christ, this Christmas and this new year. The peace that is, you know, a contented wholeness that provides the eye of the hurricane from our, you know, for our spirits, and even the midst of, of life's hurricanes, those storms will come, we know this. The winds will be there. For some of you, the winds are howling right now, but let me invite you to step into the shelter and the peace of Christ. Let me encourage you to turn your heart toward Jesus, toward him, bringing him your hurts, bringing him your needs, your desires, and then letting him fulfill those and let him, you know, entrust God with that. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. This is the rediscovery of, of the peace of Christ in this season. Now, thirdly, we're finding joy in our uh, uh, discouragements. You know, for some of us, we have those weeks, those days or years. Even then, Christ can fill us. He can fill us with those joys that defy our circumstances. King David wrote in Psalms 30, verse 5, Weeping may stay for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Sometimes that, that night can feel so, so long. Sometimes it's night after night after night as we carry on. Sometimes happiness just feels like it's so far out there, so elusive and distant. Sometimes it pours, you know, and then that, <coughs> that joy comes to us. And sometimes it pours out of us like an eruption of old Faithful. But sometimes that joy kind of bubbles up as we talked about like the mud pots and and Yellowstone and it just kind of slowly bubbles up. But as we rediscover Christ this year and the good news of great joy that has been brought to us, that he is alive and that he is living in us and through us, and that's the strength that sustains us. We saw this in the story of of, uh, Mary and Elizabeth United in a shared joy of, of pregnancy, both miraculously for Elizabeth. The joy was a fulfillment that was dashed over a lifetimes, you know, a dream of motherhood and, and, and the cultural shame that, that came on her because she'd never had, chi- you know, never had been able to have a child. Her joy kind of, you know, erased decades of disgrace that was happening. But for Mary, it was different. Joy was a relief of acceptance and understanding of her situation. The celebration in the middle of God's greatest miracle. Surely Mary knew that she would face scorn. She would face disbelief. People wouldn't believe her story and misunderstanding about her pregnancy. But in her encounter with Elizabeth, she finds the freedom of joy. For some of us, Christmas is a joyful season filled with songs and celebrations and traditions and comforts that we're, you know, that many of us aren't going to be able to do this year. For others, the expectation of Christmas joy serves as a reminder of the deeper pains and, and disappointments of life and the lack of all the merriment and celebration that we're supposed to be enjoying. But probably for most of us, Christmas kind of brings a mixture of, of, of both. It is my hope that as we will rediscover joy this next year as we choose to rejoice and to return to our focus to Jesus as we carry forward and we can find strength through him, as we pour out our hearts to him, even in the midst of our pain, he can transform our weeping into joy. Let us appreciate and enjoy the goodness of, of his greater work within us and within this world. It is my prayer written by the Apostle Peter, and I love this verse. First Peter 1, 8 and 9, it says, though you, have not, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, You believe in him and are filled with the inexpressible joy, our inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Isn't that a great verse? Now, lastly, we can find joy in our differences. There's so much in this world that drives us apart. The love of Christ runs deeper in our differences. But with this flood of, of grace and forgiveness and unity, he can take those differences and meld us into this beautiful, you know, beautiful meal for the world to, to use that term. To, you know, we, we long and so deeply, you know, we want to be loved. The desire of love is so dominant in our culture. When future archaeologists or anthropologists, you know, explore artifacts or our era, they'll probably conclude that love was one of them. It was one of the most important qualities of our society. Our songs, our movies, our TV shows, our literature are filled with themes of love, of longing for it, celebrating it, mourning its loss. At Christmas... There's even a whole genre of holiday romance songs and movies and shows. And as many of you can, you know, the Hallmark Channel, it begins like way early, you know, with these Christmas movies, and it's all centered around love. We're captivated by love. But we also struggle so badly to love each other as individuals, especially at societal levels, instead of a culture that exemplifies love we are a nation filled with division conflict and hatred despite our best intentions you know our broken human nature divides us jesus on the other hand is a bridge that loves a bridge of love that unites us he is a long promised messiah Sent because of God's love, Uh, God loves us so much that he allowed his only son to be sacrificed for your sin and my sin and our shortcomings. And when he died, Jesus made a way to come back for us to be restored into relationship with God, with love himself. As we explore the love on our Advent journey, we saw how God gathered a, a various group of, of different uh, people to be involved in the rival of the song, the young and the old, the, the, the Jew, the non Jew, the Gentile, and, and the people of upper class and lower class, all these different peoples. And we discovered how these people represented the barriers and divisions that God was uniting. Ultimately, there was God and humanity. That's it. As we rediscover this this Christmas this year, it's my prayer that we rediscover the love of Christ, the perfect love that allows us to experience uh, complete acceptance, complete acceptance by God, and the perfect love that removes uh, our fears and this love that washes over us and fulfills us from within. I pray that it propels us to to reach across the divisions that are around us, even to our enemies, with humility and forgiveness and grace. And like the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 3, he writes, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and how High and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Wow, what a love that is! This is our God, this is our Jesus, and we are finding Christ in our world. Christ has come with hope and peace and joy, and love that we need to take right into the new year. Christ has come to change our world and to change us forever. This is his arrival into our world described by Luke in Luke 2, 6 and 7. It says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger Because there was no room or no guest room available for them. Such a humble birth. Such an understated beginning to, to life, yet such a normal entry into existence. Human birth was fragile. You had this helpless baby. And Jesus is one of us able to understand in everything that we've gone through, everything that we've experienced, he understands all that longing and struggles and pain, yet Jesus is God. He is is hope, he is joy, he is peace, and he is love, personified here to restore those characteristics in us as a byproduct of a restored life and a relationship with God. Jesus is life rediscovered. If you're struggling as as we close out this year asking where is Jesus, let me offer this. Jesus is in our uncertainties, our struggles, our discouragements, Our differences. Jesus is in our our celebration and our mourning and our crying and our rejoicing. Jesus is in our fear and our triumphs and our losses and our victories. Jesus is in our brokenness and our healing and our sickness and our health. He is in our life and he is in our death. Wherever you are, Jesus is and He is working, He is moving. He is offering life and he's offering forgiveness. He's calling us to trust him and to see beyond our immediate circumstances to his deeper, bigger, broader, wider, higher picture of his work. Jesus is in our world and in our lives. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us for eternity. And he will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is the discovery of Christmas. Let's run like the shepherds to to an encounter with him this next year. Let's worship and find renewal in his presence this next year. Let's rediscover Christmas in his life as he brings it around us and within us. Christ has come. Christ is here among us, and Christ will come again. Lastly, let me end with this verse. Luke two, ten through fourteen. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the an angel. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. His favor rests on you and me. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this past year. I know it's weird to say that, Lord, but but we thank you. There's so many good things that came out of this, this past year. And, and, and many people struggle. Many people, you know, had difficulties, Lord. And I pray that you help us understand that, uh, that, that we don't see the big picture. You see the big picture. You are the big picture. And I pray that, that in our good times, we praise you. And in our difficult times, we praise you. When we're laughing, we praise you. When we're crying, we praise you. Knowing that you bring peace into our circumstances. You bring joy into our circumstances. You bring love to to the unlovable in the middle of what we're going through. Lord, this next year I pray that we can go deeper. We can go deeper in your love that you have for us. That we may understand you maybe like we've never understood you before. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine down upon you in the upcoming year that you may live your life for him as a beacon of light for the world to see. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. You guys have a wonderful new year.